Hey, what's going on, folks, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Vinny Apicelli. You are listening to Suds in the Squirt Circle podcast. I talk about General Hospital as well as WWE. Well, soap operas and sports entertainment or soap opera and professional wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Um, general news and notes about everything except for WWE. WWE, I do go into detail. And then General Hospital as well, I'll go into detail with. And maybe some soap news as well. Um, however... One thing I do have to start out with. We've got a jam-packed show for you. Both General Hospital and the WWE had some serious uh, good weeks last week. In terms of the storylines were fantastic. The uh, believability was awesome. And I got to tell you, even WWE is getting to the point where it's really enjoyable. Even to watch a Monday Night Raw. Now, I don't sit through the three-hour version. However, I do watch it on, on Hulu which is 90 minutes, but taking out the commercials, you're only losing maybe about, eh, uh, let's see, you're losing maybe about 20 minutes, maybe one or two segments, so it's really not much different. But it is enjoyable, and the, the pacing is so much better now that Triple H is in charge. Uh, but I do have to start out with something that's kind of serious, kind of important. So there's a lot of, well, let me start out by saying this. We all know that Twitter is toxic. Twitter is, well, social media in general is toxic. You know, we, we use social media to interact with our friends or people from, a, you know, across the country that we don't know. We only know them virtually or socially or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but for the most part, it's a toxic virtual environment. And I've seen it on both the soap opera Twitter and wrestling Twitter, fandoms, whatever you want to call them. And people take this entertainment stuff, this shit, so seriously. Like, okay, now I get that there's so many people that take politics seriously. Granted, it's the future of our our civilization, our country, our nation, whatever you want to say. Yes, you should take it seriously. I don't exactly feel that it's right to threaten people with bodily harm or violence or what what have you when it comes to politics either you know being that we're all human we all should be treating each other with respect and, and yada yada you know it's the same basic shit that we all go through the other day um actually currently on the feed of all of james law jr's soap block shows i listen to the gh mini spotlight he puts out just a, an update saying that the GH Mini Spotlight is going to be taking a two-week, and all, all of his shows are taking a two-week hiatus. I don't know exactly what the, um, the the Twitter folk or Twitter problem was. I didn't see it. I'm going to see if there's a possibility of finding it, um, but I don't exactly know what the problem was. Uh, for example... What I don't like, okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna basically put it out there. What I don't like is that there's so many people that take it so seriously to the point where even some of the some of the actors are are being attacked. You know what I mean? Being attacked for you know their viewpoints. Now it's one thing that you don't agree with an actor or an actress on. Um, Politics. I don't agree with many actors on politics. There's a lot of you out there, I'm sure, too. But again, 
you know, it's it's entertainment. They're here to entertain us, right? So, I'm trying to find it. Uh, I know that he did put out that GH Mini Spotlight a couple of days ago. Um, and I did listen to it, obviously. And it's heartbreaking that he ha feels that he has to take time away from his shows because of idiots, right? So, uh, you know... What I want to, I'm trying, I'm looking through his feed now to see what, where the problem was, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I don't necessarily see it. And you know what, I would love to have James Law Jr. come on. Because, see, the good thing about my show, like, I'll go over the General Hospital and, and Soap Opera News. I'll go over WWE and the Pro Wrestling News. But I don't. You know, and I have a lot of hot takes, but I leave I leave a lot of my hot takes away, right? You know what I mean? So, what I want to see, what I would love to do is have a lot of these podcasters on one show and talk about the fact that, um, you know what I mean? That, that so much is uh, out there, but at the same time, it's off limits. Like, there's no reason for it to be... Uh, take it so seriously. Do you know what I mean? There's there's no reason. Like I don't don't get me wrong. There's a lot of reason to not like the um to not like the uh, the storylines or the writing or or even some of the actors and, and how they portray certain things. Trust me, Peter August. <laughs> um, Peter August was you know definitely a polarizing figure. Some of us liked him, some of us didn't. But the way that Wes Ramsey portrayed him, in my opinion, was fantastic. Um, but there are people, again, that don't like him. Um, Nancy Lee Gron, who plays Alexis Davis on General Hospital, has me blocked on Twitter because I responded to her the fact that she's a hardcore liberal and I'm a, for the most part, conservative. And I told her that she was an idiot on something. And I'll be honest, maybe I shouldn't have used that word. But, you know, I'm blocked by more arrests as well, but that was more storyline-based. Uh, I literally, she, this was a, quite a while ago, and they had been, you know, there was a teaser on there that she had shared that, you know, is, is um, more West leaving, or, or is uh, Ava leaving? And I said, good riddance, because I don't like the Ava character. At that point, I didn't. You know, but I mean, for somebody who's an actor, to have that, that thin skin that they're going to block somebody who, who's, you know what I mean? Like... That, to me, is kind of fudged up. But, um, either way, I, I want to talk to some of these other podcasters. Like I said, we're going to be having the guys from uh, Ring the Bell Radio on. We're going to be having the girls from Pier 54 on at some point. And, and at one point, we're going to have them all on and talk about wrestling and, and soap operas to see how they're similar and different. Jim Cornette. <laughs> There's a polarizing guy for you. Um, Jim Cornette is... Obviously, somebody who's very, very polarizing in life, not just wrestling, and you know, but his podcast really um, is, you know, his views, his takes, and people think that he's, you know, you know, playing a role, dude. I'm telling you, just listening to him, his uh, takes are absolutely real, right? Um, but he's very polarizing to the point where. He's trending on Twitter just because he says something. However, on this past week's episode of the drive-thru, um, which he didn't have Brian Lash with him, he had Lou Kippelman with him as a, as a replacement host, um, he said something 
about the difference between actors, and he wasn't specif specifying soap opera actors. However, I'm going to use it because it does relate. He said something about wrestlers and and actors in general. I'm going to play that clip for you, and um, I'm going to really put that through where I want you to hear it. All right, what Jim Cornette had to say about the difference between wrestling and actors. So we're going to go to that clip right now, and uh, I'll be right back. They never had a crossword between them, at least with Undertaker and Mankind, you could be, you know, drawn into the goddamn violence and chaos of it. But with this, they overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly hugged and kissed each other figuratively on this program. I get tired of everybody talking about changing their character, evolving their character. The horse has left the barn, whatever, but... I'm not opposed to talking about inside stuff in this day and age. Like I said, it's too late to stop that now, but, or even talking about how we cooperated. You know, I've talked about stories, I go, well, we did this with the Rock and Roll Express or whatever, but I never have ever said, my Cation. Fuck! You evolve because you get older and you get wrinkles and you start doing shit differently because you pick more up. That's how you evolve if you're real. It, 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 I said this to somebody recently, and it's applicable here. You know, Edge, there was a quote in the show, we both grew as... It, it, actors play roles. They play characters. Roles, plural. Characters, plural. Every movie, every TV show, every Broadway play, every dinner theater, whatever the case, whatever the level... You're taking on a role that you play for the length of that play's run, or and then you move on to something else. A wrestler is not playing a character or characters. He needs to be that person. And that's what they lose track of, is that they don't need to evolve characters. They need to evolve themselves. I'm not saying do the same thing, dress the same way every time. But when you're thinking about yourself as an actor playing a part, being a character, or the character is you, or you are able to become the character. That's 24-7. That's 365. You don't need to do promos at the dinner table with the family, but you have chosen to become someone, and you need to be that person. And I know guys change gimmicks if you have a Dr. Isaac Yankum. But, you know, that wasn't him to begin with, and it was something that was forced upon him. The guys in the territory days had to take care of their own selves and their own business and didn't wait around for somebody to give them a gimmick. They came up with one that they felt they could do and was them. And unless they were drastically mistaken, like Sugar Bear Harris, he didn't go to Oxford University and learn how to speak like Lord Greystoke. He was Kamala. You got a bad gimmick, change the gimmick. Improve the gimmick, but that becomes you. You become that. All right, I'm back, and that was courtesy of the Jim Cornette drive-thru that was released this past Thursday. 
uh, Jim Cornette and Lou Kippelman on the uh, uh, on the show as co-hosts. And quite honestly, it actually makes sense. And that's the one thing that I've always wrapped my wrapped my brain about is the fact that when you're looking, like even with me, and I'll be honest with you, I, I've sent tweets to you know wrestlers and replying to their tweets. You know, like a guy like Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin, excuse me. The dude is a fantastic grill griller. You know what I mean? He's he looks like he's a great cook as well, but he's fantastic on the grill. So he posts these pictures that are quote unquote food porn and you know just awesome just pictures of meals and and meats that he's done on the grill. And it's like and I'm like you can't hate him. You know what I mean? A woman like someone like Alexa Bliss who you know raised a deaf blind pig. You know what I mean? Larry Steve had his own Twitter and everything, or Instagram, or whatever. Um, these people, they're just such good people that you can't hate them. You know, they're heels, but you can't hate them. You know, and I, and, and I get it, you know, the fact that they're playing a role on TV. And I, I think, and, and Jim Cornette, you know, summed it up perfectly. Television actors, just like soap opera, soap opera actors, Maurice Bernard is not a mob kingman. Right, he but he plays Sonny Corinthos on General Hospital. Um, you know, Steve Burton is not a hitman for hire for the mob, but he played Jason Morgan, uh, Jason Quarterman, Jason Morgan on General Hospital. You know what I mean? So you look at the difference, you know, and and we all know this, right? We all know this because for years and years and years and decades and decades and generations and generations, we have always known that actors are portraying a character. Wrestlers, it hasn't been 10 years, right, from, since the social media boom where wrestlers had their own personalized social media to the point where they could post whatever they want from their personal life, not as a character. See, like, Glenn Jacobs, Kane, right, he has two different uh, Twitter accounts. He has one for Kane through the WWE, and he has one for his own personal, political, but but personal side, Glenn Jacobs TN. So, you look at a guy like that, and he has them separated. He uses his personal one for his political stuff, for his personal stuff, and he uses WWE's for that, for his characters. So when you look, when you're looking at somebody like a, you know, a Baron Corbin or a Happy Corbin, and you're like, dude, you seem like a guy I'd like to just, you know, sit back and grab a beer with. You know, but yet you look at his character and he's a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. You, you know, he's one of those guys that's just hit it big and, you know, he just wants to rub it in everybody's faces. Quite honestly, I, I miss the lone wolf Baron Corbin. I don't like this happy Corbin. I don't like any character that he's had from before Constable Corbin, right? I mean, it shows his, his uh, range of acting, but we don't want to see the range of acting, right? That's not what wrestling is. And I think once. You know, once the wrestlers figure that out, you know what I mean? Because, like, on social media, for example, okay, you're looking at a guy like um, MJF. Perfect example. MJF from from AEW, right? In When you're meeting him at a, an autograph signing or you're seeing him, you know, out on the street, he's in character 99.99% of the time. On Twitter, on social media... He's in character as a an idiot, a douchebag, a, a moron, a shithead, an asshole. I can go on and on with these, uh, you know, curses. 
I'm going to take the the advantage of the of putting this as explicit because of Corette, right? No, seriously, um, you you kind of go ahead and do that, um, and and he's in characters hundred times, so you're able to suspend the disbelief. You know, you don't think of him as a nice guy you'd like to chill and have a beer with, right? Unlike a lot of these other guys. That's why I have such respect for The Undertaker, who, it's only been this last year since he retired that he's actually broken that kayfabe, right? You know, since WrestleMania of last year, um, two years ago, right? Uh, WrestleMania of two years ago, when he had the Boneyard match with, with AJ Styles on WrestleMania 36, you know, the, the one where it was pre-taped because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's only been really since then that he's actually pulled back the curtain on and broken kayfabe. You know, he was on Broken Skull Sessions. He was on, you know, a lot of these other stations. He's been, a, you know, he's done his one dead man show. And, and he's been on a lot of the documentaries now. And, and a lot of them. Prior to that, he's very rarely done any kind of interviews or... Or been a part of any documentaries. So when you're looking at when you're looking at the the broad scope of the difference between a soap opera actor, right, or a wrestler, you know, there's a few. There, there's been a lot of recasts in in, in soap operas, right, because of whatever happens with storyline, the actor can't be there. You know, you have a temporary recast. You know, just recently Michael. You know, it, it went back and forth between Chad Duel and the other guy. And um, who did a fantabulous, fantastic Michael? I was going to say fabulous and fantastic at the same time, so it came out as fantabulous. But a uh, fantastic Michael. And honestly, the new guy actually looked more like Sonny. Although we know that Sonny is not uh, Michael's biological father, so it kind of throws it out of the water. But either way, you know, yeah, and you can do that. You can go back and forth between actors when you have to have a recap. Same thing with Tagger. You know, there's been two Taggarts uh, for the past two years, right, that kind of go in and out. Wrestling, you can't do that. If, and they tried it. <laughs> they tried it. Trust me. You know, you now granted, it was a storyline with The Undertaker versus The Undertaker. But when you had, like, the, 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 the formerly Demon Kane, right, where Luke Gallows portrayed Kane and came out, and that was a garbage angle anyways. Um, but then you look at even back in the 90s where you had Kevin Nash and Scott Hall go to WCW and then coming out, it's Diesel and Razor, you know, where it's just them in, you know, it was Glenn Jacobs, again, Kane, playing the fake Diesel and Rick Bogner is Razor Ramon and not Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, respectively. So when you're looking at wrestling, and I, and I get it, they're characters, right? They're, they're intellectual property. So when you're looking at a guy like Diesel who Kevin Nash was Diesel, right? You can't just recast Diesel. It's not the same. Granted, under rules of entertainment and, and, and shows and, and television, yeah. You know, you, you don't have an actor for the certain week. Well, yeah, let's just get a recast. The fans aren't going to care as long as the storyline is there. Well, you know, Lulu, you know, on General Hospital. You know, it's like it went from... Uh, Julie Marie Berman for the longest time, and then it became M. Ryland. And, you know, and, and then they do with the, with the younger actors, right? You know, uh, Nicholas Alexander Chavez took over for, oh gosh, uh, Nicholas Bechtel uh, for Spencer because they saw us his character, soap opera rapid agent syndrome, right? So you go ahead and you get to the point where 
we get this as as soap fans, as television fans, right? You get the fact that it can be recast. Wrestlers, you can't. Because once you know a wrestler, could there have been, once Hulk Hogan, once Terry Bollea, once Hulk Hogan was established as Hulk Hogan, do you think that anybody else could have come in to portray Hulk Hogan? No. Because Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. He went from a, uh, AWA to Japan to WWE to WCW to TNA and back and, and everything as Hulk Hogan. Because that's who he was. Could you imagine if Vince McMahon brought out a guy that looks like Kenny Omega and, you know, say, oh yeah, well, that's our new Hulk Hogan. That's, now you can call him, he's Hulk Hogan. Give him the real American entrance and he's Canadian. But, no, that's not going to work. That's the biggest problem. That's why, that's why I have such a big deal with uh, soap opera Twitter, with, well, social media, I should say. But with soap opera Twitter and, and, um, you know, wrestling Twitter and the toxicity between the two. They're both. You know, it's like you wish death on people because they don't share the same viewpoint as you. If you like Sonny and Nina together as a, a relationship and then you got somebody who's a huge Carly fan and, you know, you're going to go back and forth. It's like, why do you have to get to the point where it's, you know, oh, go jump off a cliff? Um, because, you know what, that's very hurtful. And, and not to mention, you're, you're being a real weak-ass person by hiding behind the keyboard, right? You're not going to go up to somebody unless you're in a very heated moment and say, oh, you should just drop dead or you shouldn't wake up tomorrow or, you know, I'm going to come kick your ass or, you know, I'm going to whatever. You know what I mean? Go in an escalation in the violence, right? Um, you, you just, you, you won't do that in person. Why would you do it virtually in, in social media land, right? And that goes for both wrestling and soap opera. So, you know, it's like, why take it so, why take it so, um, serious, right? Too many people do. Too many people do. Well, now that I went off on that, and that took up the first maybe 20 minutes of the show, um, right? Um, now let's actually get into some news and notes around General Hospital. Um, we'll get to General Hospital, then we'll go to Monday Night Raw, we'll go to SmackDown, Next weekend is huge for wrestling, as you have on Saturday. Uh, you've got Clash at the Castle for uh, WWE on Saturday the 3rd. Uh, and that's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern Time uh, from Cardiff, Wales, which is why it's an early start time. Uh, and then on Sunday, you've got AEW All Out. And AEW's got a lot going on behind the scenes, not in front of the camera. Uh, I'll touch on that. I don't know a lot about it. I'm just kind of following Twitter and following what I've heard on other podcasts. But amazingly, you know, I, uh, Tony Khan is losing control. And there's no reason, there's no, um, there's a, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, there, there's, it's, and it's no reason, or uh, it's, uh, good God, I can't think of the word. Um, and it's, uh. No wonder, there we go, no wonder why he's losing control. It's because he, he doesn't have wrestling people in, ro in roles. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so let's go to uh, General Hospital. This past uh, Friday was a very great cliffhanger, right? Mora West, uh, I'm sorry, Ava Jerome, uh, but got uh, stabbed at the very end with a, looked like a uh, meat hook um, right into her abdomen. Could it have been Uncle Victor? Or could it have been that other guy, um, 
whatever, his, uh, you know, Austin's fake cousin. I think he's a fake cousin. Um, but then, you know, again, you know, we, it's, a, it's a great cliffhanger. Now, we know that Maura West is not in the hospital. Ava, however, is probably still on the pier bleeding. Uh, we'll find that out on Monday's episode, which is today. Actually, today is Monday the 29th, so we'll find out today what, what kind of happens. Um, and where we go to panic mode. Or was it Nicholas? Was it Spencer? Was it Esme? Uh, so there's a lot of uh, possibilities that it could have been. So it's a, it's a good old-fashioned who done it, right? Um, and uh, Mason. Mason is the, 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 the cousin's name, right? So last week there was a big, you know, quarter main picnic, right? The, the first annual. Now if they want to keep it annual, they got to make sure to have, do it every year. Uh, um, I, I like uh, the girls on Pier 54. I think it was them. Yeah. They said, you know, I don't call anything annual until it's done for after two, two years because then it would be annual. But the first time you do something, it's not considered annual because it's just the first time. It's that what it is. Like, you know, WrestleMania wasn't WrestleMania 1. It was just WrestleMania. And then that next year it was WrestleMania 2, 3, 4. You know, the Fire Series wasn't called the annual Thanksgiving tradition until um, after the, you know, second or third time that it happened on Thanksgiving and then it went to the Thanksgiving Eve and then the week of Thanksgiving and this year it's going to be the week after Thanksgiving um, you know but either way uh, you get to the point where anyways <laughs> before going off on another tangent um, it's a, it was a great episode you know great great thing and the biggest story of the week was uh, little Leo who used the uh, oh god is it the Sicilian Thunderbolt? I think that's what it was. Uh, the Sicilian Thunderbolt, who had, uh, who had, you know, learned it from Olivia, known as Sicilian Thunderbolt, right? That, now this is something that as an Italian I've never even heard of, so it must be a New York Italian thing, you know, from Bensonhurst. Um, and, uh, you know, Leo wanted to get, oh, who was it? Was it Chase in Brooklyn? that he wanted to put together, Chase in Brooklyn, Dante and Sam. Um, it was one of those couples. I can't remember for sure which couple he wanted to get put together. I think it was Dante and Sam. Um, and, you know, yeah, because Olivia is constantly meddling in, in, in Dante's life and love life and everything. And let me put it this way. I love Dante and Sam as, as, a, as a couple. You know, and there's so many people who are just like, oh, well, they share a brother and a sister. Leo is both their brother, and, and, and Christina is both their sister. Well, yeah, and halfway from each parent, right? Because now that, that's like one of those diagrams where you've got, you know, Dante is from Sonny and Olivia. Um, you know, Sam is from Julian and Alexis. Then you've got Leo from Julian and Olivia. And you've got, um, you've got Christina from Alexis and Sonny. So it's one of those things where it's like a big X, and, but there's no blood relation. Alexa, stop. Sorry about that. I said uh, Nancy Lee Grand's character name, and uh, my Amazon device decided to start talking. So I had to yell at her. Um, yeah, that's that's the fun part. I hate to have, I hate to be watching Raw live when you know the commentators say you know uh, the character name of you know Lexi Kaufman, right? Bliss uh, all the time, and that same thing happened. But either way, but that's a you know there's no blood between Dante and Sam. 
you know, it's like they met later on in life. You know, they found out their parents knew each other. And obviously everybody in Port Charles knows each other. But they found out that their parents had slept together or, um, you know, one half of each and whatever. I'm not getting into semantics. The fact is there's no blood there. It's not too close for comfort. They're not cousins. They're not, they're not related. So there's no reason why they can't be together. I love Dante and Sam as a, as, a, as a couple. And I think that they could really get and sink their teeth into it. I understand why Sam doesn't want to move into Dante's house, but sometimes you kind of get got to get over it, right? You know, it's the same thing. You know, Sam is living in the penthouse that she shared with both, Don, with both Jason and Drew and Patrick, you know, for a while. So it's like, why would you want Dante to move in there? Just because you're comfortable there? But he's comfortable in his house, and not to mention he's got Rocco. And the fact is that Sam's kids are almost all the time over the quarter main, so they're not always home. So even though you're uprooting them, you're you know, and I, you know what I mean. It's just it's just a big deal. It's and I get it, but at the same time, being an adult about it, if you really care about this guy, and if you really have these feelings, and you want to start a family, and you want to be together, get over yourself and, and get to the point where you're able to move in together, or. Just keep it separate, keep it casual, and go from there. You know what I mean? Keep separate houses if you want to. You know, it just doubles up your bills, but it doesn't look like anybody in Port Charles is hurt for money at this point. Um, all right, so we're finally starting to get some information about Cody. Um, Cody Bell, who's now the, the ranch hand, you know, stable master from the Quartermains, you know, he came in, he was Dante's friend, he... He skydove and, and landed in the pool and got the gif, or excuse me, gif, of uh, Brick coming out of the, getting knocked into the pool, or whatever the case was, right? Getting splashed. Um, they're, put, they're trying to put Cody and Brick together. Um, but, again, like like I mentioned last week, Brick's on her way out. You know, it's like another couple months and, and she'll be out for good. Will she be coming back? Well, you know, let's see what the, 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 the future holds for Brit, but why put why start a failing you know a relationship that's gonna have to be ended in a couple months, right? I Cody is a weird one. Uh, we're starting to learn more about his background. You know, the father is a Leo um, Leopold Taub, and uh, mother being Dominique um, Taub, for lack of a better term. But then you know she was uh, um, Dominique Baldwin for a while as well. Um, Scott's wife and uh, but anyway so um, that was way before my time so I'm glad I'm thankful for the uh, again for the girls from uh, a Pier 54 a general hospital fan podcast with their peer, with their 411s uh, Port Charles 411s on Dominique at this you know last week and then upcoming this week will be the next one so definitely check them out there again wherever you find your favorite podcast. But I really like the idea of, you know, kind of starting to flesh out the Cody character by interactions with different people. First, he, he, he punched Scott in the face because, you know, because of that whole situation. You know, it's like, Dominique was my mother, not, you know, and she should have left me some. But instead, all the money went to your daughter and, you know, Serena and the whales and this and that and the other thing. And, okay, that's a legitimate gripe. I get that and I could specifically understand that. Now, there's Mac who's meeting don't uh, meeting uh, Cody, 
and you know, Mac and, and Dominique had a really big. Uh, and again, I'm going based off what the girls from Port from Pier 54 said. In that Dominique and and Mac had a really serious relationship to the fact that where uh, Dominique had left Leopold, Leo, uh, Leo, Leopold or um, Leopold um, for um, for 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 Mac. And, you know, they were together for quite a while, right? And they were all friends, and Felicia and, and, and um, Robert and Anna, they were all friends and everything. Um, so it's all a big thing where um, it's going to be a fun a fun night, right? So we'll go ahead and, um, you know, definitely check out the Pier 54 uh, Port Charles 401s. And, you know, they just released their, um, their weekly wrap-up as well. Um, so, you know, definitely listen to them. They're on, they, they, uh, come up twice a week. Um, this thing with, uh, Lucy and, and, and Victor and Anna and, and Valentine and the funny part was, was on Friday with Anna playing cornhole with, with Valentine's face sticking through the, <laughs> sticking through the hole. That was just absolutely fantastic. Um, but, you know, I, I don't like Anna. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I respect her as a as a you know WBSBJ but as a federal agent as a, a super spy as a spy I don't she has no poker face at all like why can't she just go to Valentine and 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 do her dirty work and you know now she's got Martin on the hook and you know if if he doesn't you know give up Valentine he's he's going to hide from his ex-wives and um, you know, and, and now Lucy has to carry it out because she doesn't want Martin gone for so long. And, you know, now she's setting up Valentine or, or Victor. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just a whole bunch of garbage. You know what I mean? Like, they, they want to flesh out the fact that Valentine was the person that set up Jennifer Smith. Right? Because the Ice Princess is still into play. And the Ice Princess being the big major Cassidine thing. Right? That, you know, that, that incorporated so many people. And... You know, Luke and Laura and Frisco and, and Felicia and Mac and, and Robert and Anna and, and everybody. You know what I mean? Like, a whole bunch of people. And it's going to keep going on until this thing is over. And Victor just kind of brought it back up. And then Jennifer Smith had... Um, uh, Jennifer Smith had had it, you know, because Valentine, um, you know, put in her, her, um, her safe and... You know what I mean? Like, it's just just a whole big thing. That's what they're trying to flush out. To me, it's going a little too slow. That sort of... Like, I like slow burn stories, and I like long-term storytelling, but I don't know. What are they waiting for for this one? To, to get that information out, right? Um, and then um, you had... All right. Let's, let's kind of... Let's move into something a little fun. Um, Yuri. You know, the Bulgarian-Russian... Um, bodyguard that that um you know uh, valentine had bought for for uh brooklyn and bailey um and then you know ended up having a thing with, or an infatuation with monica right so he was he was there at, at the at the picnic and he was one of the ones that drank the uh sicilian thunderbolt right um i think it was was it sicilian or venetian i can't remember but this is only yeah um so you had uh you had, um, you know, it showed where there were eight, eight lemonades and nobody knew which one was which. And um, the two people that you never would have thought 
started hanging out together, and that was Yuri and Terry. Uh, Terry being, you know, Dr. Terry Randolph, the oncologist, co-chief of staff with Britt Westbourne, um, and then Yuri, the uh, bodyguard. And their interaction was absolutely fantastic. It was like they were meeting each other for a, you know, for a, um, like the first time or second time. They met each other before, and, you know, but Yuri, that kind of everything with Monica kind of fell away. I mean, now, granted, that's like one of those, you know, uh, Mrs. Robinson type of deals, right? Monica being in her 70s and Yuri being in his 30s, I would say, right? Um, so then, you know, Terry, who had a, you know, Valentine's thing with Chet, uh, Amy's brother, who Amy got in the middle and started causing chaos and got him a job in Chicago and he had to leave and they weren't interested in really doing a long distance thing because they just met. Um, so... Now Yuri and Terry are starting to spend time together, and it's good. I wanted, you know, it's like, here's the deal. I'm not going to get into politics on this show, and I've said that before. Um, I, I'm not going to get into anything like, you know, the LGBTQ movement or anything. I'm not getting into that. However, the fact is, is that Terry being transgender, you know, and, I, and don't get me wrong, she's a great actor, and she's just one of the people that I really enjoy watching. I want to see how they address that issue. You know what I mean? Like, and this is, and maybe it's morbid curiosity, right? But I want to see how they're, how they address, you know, does, will, will Terry bring it up and say, hey, you know, I, I, I was born a man, right? You know, and just, ha and how Yuri would react. Well, of course it's television, so they're going to do everything PC and, and all that kind of stuff. But I want to see some, I want to see how they play that out. Maybe that's why they really haven't had a love interest for Terry uh, up until Chet. And I'm wondering if they, for lack of a better term, they put two people with problems together, right? You know, Chet obviously having his, uh, you know, the bottom parts of his legs amputated after war. And then, um, you know, and Terry being transgender. So you get two imperfect people, and that shows how the imperfect people can find love. Right, and, and again, I'm not going to get into. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to trend now. No, I don't. I never trend, but um, I'm sure people are going to. I'm going to get some hate tweets because I said, you know, imperfect people. You know, because everybody's perfect, right? Um, yeah, and you know, it's like I want to see how they're going to, um, how they're going to get, you know, find, you know, address that. You know, they really haven't done much with Terry. Who's, you know, I don't even think she's on contract. Maybe she is, maybe she isn't. But she's hardly ever there. You know, with Britt leaving in November, maybe that just opens the fact for Terry to be there more often because she'll be full chief of staff instead of co. Um, and, or however they play it out. But I would love to see that and how they address it. Um, uh, let's see. So, Finn and Elizabeth. Okay, now... I like the fact that I like the fact that Finn is um, really going forward and helping Elizabeth or trying to because that's something that any man who really cares about a woman does. You know what I mean? But and, and don't get me wrong, I, I understand that he's you know going across boundaries and you know she said I don't want my parents to be you know contacted or. You don't need to call, you know, stay away from my father, stay out of it, you know, stay, um, or, uh, you know, why are you calling Sarah or, you know, because he called Sarah, you know, previous week or whatever. Um, so, 
And now they're starting to flesh out Elizabeth's backstory. And she's been on this freaking show for 25 years. It's about fucking time. Excuse my language. Um, but yeah, it's been about... It's, a, it's about time they're kind of fleshing her character out. And as to why she's having these problems. And, you know, I mean, now granted, with the Franco issue, you know, with, with the stuff... He'd only been on the show, Franco in general, let alone on the show a short time. And two different characters have played him. <laughs> James Franco and then Roger Howard. So I can understand why it took a little bit of time to flesh that out. But now they're doing it, Elizabeth. She's been on the show for 25 years. It's about time. So now she's starting to... Um, she's starting to remember things from her past. Probably as to why she doesn't talk to her parents. Right? Um, maybe they're going to have a Weber resurgence. You know, they're going to have... Um, Jeff Weber, they're gonna have you know Sarah come back and you know Carolyn Weber or, or whatever the case, whoever's still alive, right? Um, I believe Jeff Weber was originally um, the guy that played MacGyver, um, Richard Dean Anderson. I don't think he's doing any acting right now, so obviously they'll have to uh, recast again. Going back to my previous you know conversation, um, or it wouldn't be necessarily conversation because there's not two people. I'm just talking to a microphone, but you know my previous point. They're going to have to recast Jeff Weber. Um, so I'm wondering now how they're going to, you know, how they're going to go with that. I want to see it. I want to see Elizabeth go, you know, go back into her past and bring up these stories. It, you know, is it that there's, you know, that, that um, I mean, we all know that Jeff Weber cheated on her, on uh, Elizabeth's mother, right? I think her name is Carolyn, if I'm not mistaken. But we know that because that's where Hayden came from. Right? So is she remembering now flashbacks of, you know, catching, you know, Hayden's mother with Jeff Weber? And, and now, she, you know, that's a big thing. And all this got triggered by them, you know, by finding Peter on the stairs. Wes Ramsey's doing really good still. And he's not even on the show anymore. Um, but no. Um, I do think that they're going to start fleshing it out. Maybe Hayden will come back. Um, it really depends on how they go. And I, I don't have any inside news or notes. I'm just going based off recaps, based off what happened. Um, you know, um, earlier in the week, um, you know, it's been a very touchy subject with Finn and Elizabeth, and, um, you know, I want to see how that's going to play out, and, and, and it's more Finn is there as a supporting character for Elizabeth, um, and, and let's get, the, get Elizabeth's, um, you know, issues worked out, right? Um, so... Austin, and I'm not talking about Steve Austin right here. I'm talking about Austin Gatlin Holt. Um, you know, he's having this problem with Mason, you know, his supposed cousin, and then whoever his boss is, and whatever it's about, and he's been in, in uh, Port Charles long enough, and I have no idea what that's about. It's been a very, very slow-moving storyline, which is great. However, um, at the same time, it's like, let's see what's going to pick up and, and where it's going to go. You know, we've seen a different side of, of Austin this week where he had Mason in that, you know, almost uh, chokehold or, you know, that death grip, um, you know, saying, hey, you know, one more thing and I could really kill you and, and hurt you. Just stay out of my business, leave Maxie out of it. So I'm wondering what it is that Mason has on Austin and where that storyline is going. Again, another slow burn storyline. This one is going a little too slow, but... Um, Moving on to another big thing, uh, uh, Drew and Carly, and I refuse to call anybody mashed up names. I don't even think I'm going to start saying it. Um, for Drew and Carly, and I have to say, I was very, very disappointed with Drew this week. Um, 
your grilling, which is a very big responsibility, especially for a picnic or annual picnic or whatever, and you're grilling, you do not by any means necessarily go into uh, a boathouse to make out with anybody. Um, you can do kisses and then whatever, but you stay at the grill. What a Navy SEAL he was, and, you know, that the fact that he, he left his post. He was supposed to man the grill, and he left his post because of a piece of ass, for lack of a better term. Um, you know what I mean? And 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 to make out with Carly and, and everything. So, yeah, th th there's a problem there. Um, a huge problem that I don't like. That's the worst part of, of the week, is that he stood, he, he left his post. That's even worse than Rory leaving his post in the hospital with us, that, that Portia was able to go in there. No, because this way you're wasting food because the, the place, you know, the, the grill caught on fire. Then you had to put put the fire out with dirt because it was a, you know, gas fire and um, or a grease fire and you couldn't just put water on it because it would make it worse. So now you've got to clean out the um, burgers. You, you got to first take all the food off, but you got to clean out all the dirt off of the uh, grill and uh, re-clean the grates and uh, start over. So that's the big, biggest problem that I could possibly see with, um, with, with that. And not to mention, it's like now they're going to be doing Drew and Carly together because of Sonny and Dina. We all know the end game is Sonny and Carly. So let's just kind of get through the storyline quickly and then we can, you know, but again, it's soap opera. You need, uh, you need some kind of drama in there, right? Wow. Uh, was there anything I saw I really missed from this weekend? You know, it's like we know that Curtis or uh, Curtis did uh, propose to uh, Portia. Um, we know that you know that uh, Jordan had a really good, uh, really good uh, talk with Marshall. Um, you know, so that side, you know, Ta uh, TJ Taj Bello is fantastic. He's nailing it. Um, you know, they're giving him some more work. They have him on contract now. Um, Molly uh, Haley Marie Poulos hasn't is not hasn't been on contract in a while as far as I know and she's hasn't been there so you know they're a um, committed um, oh God what is a PG PC term um, life partners right or domestic partners right um, you know so we'll see if maybe TJ wants more and decides to go for something else. a lot of people are saying well TJ and Willow should be together uh, no. I'm going to put a note to that right there. And um, I don't... I, I, Willow is... I, I like her spunk now. I like how she's getting some backbone. Um, let's let her have this storyline now with, uh, you know, with, with the leukemia. And how she addresses it with Michael. How she tells him. Because she's had numerous times to. And every time something happened and she didn't get to it. It wasn't the right time. Whatever. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay. And I know I've been going off on General Hospital now for the half hour, which is good, because that's what it is. Half General Hospital, half WWE. And now we move on to WWE. Right? Um, so, WWE, this coming Saturday, the 3rd, is going to be uh, Clash at the Castle in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, let's kind of go quickly over the raw results from last Monday. Raw's getting better. Um, you know, Alexa Bliss and Asuka defeated Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Um, it was the semifinal class, uh, clash, excuse me, um, and Dakota Kai and Io Sky won. That was semifinals for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, 
you know, they move on to face the the to to the finals for the, tonight, right? Um, but I think that tag team tournament has been sneak bit, um, and and there's rumors flowing about that Sasha and Naomi will be back tonight to to you know uh, challenge the winners or whatever. So we'll see, um, we'll see if that's the truth or not. I can care less either way. Um, Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler in a match. Um, you know, Dolph is always great, but again, is um, is Dolph the uh, is, is Dolph of heel or babyface right now? Right? I mean, they're trying to push the Judgment Day, and that's great. But why do you have you know Finn Balor? Obviously, Judgment Days are heels, um, and then you get uh, Dolph Ziggler. Um, you know, again, you get Dolph Ziggler and. Uh, he, he was a heel in NXT against Braun Breaker. Now he comes back as a babyface. You know, it's like he's one of those guys, I guess he's going to be a tweener. You know, not, not a heel, not a babyface, but, you know, uh, just somebody who faces anybody. But if but he's got to start winning because right now he's going to be a jobber. Um, Kevin Owens in Canada defeated uh, Chad Gable. Owens continues to amaze me. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, and even Chad Gable, like, you know, his, his uh, character right now of the head of Alpha Academy, it's got to be, um, it's got to be, uh, if it's going to be a tag team or a stable. Alpha Academy, if it's just going to be Gable and Otis, let him get the tag team championship again. If it's, if they're going to grow, let him add somebody. Let him add a new up-and-comer to, you know, um, Alpha Academy, right? Um... Bailey defeated Aaliyah. Uh, Bailey's first match in, uh, gosh, dang, um, since returning, but it's been over almost a, over a year since her last match with that, uh, I think it was a knee injury. Um, so she she came back, and Aaliyah, who is not Aaliyah Mysterio, contrary to some people on, online, it's not Aaliyah Mysterio, but a different Aaliyah, who is actually Canadian, not Mexican. Um, so... Um, you know, Aaliyah got pinned and, and lost. Bailey won. However, Aaliyah did, not, did have a better day on Friday on SmackDown. Um, alright, so here's a big, big, big thing. The Miz and Ciampa uh, defeated Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles by disqualification. That dis disqualification came in the, in the uh, form of Dexter Loomis kidnapping, abducting Miz through the crowd. Um, I'm not sure necessarily how that's going to play out. Is Dexter Loomis just all around a, a sneaky guy, which he has been since the NXT days, or is he specifically targeting The Miz? Because I thought it was a different story, but maybe maybe he's going to be The Miz's obsessed fan, you know, since The Miz is Mr. Hollywood, right? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. They could have used somebody different outside of Dexter Loomis who's been there and people know what he looks like, right? Maybe? Perhaps? We'll see. Um, Johnny Gargano. He, uh, he returned to the WWE, to Raw. Uh, he and Theory, you know, kind of picked up where they left off, but then uh, Gargano superkicked Theory. <laughs> so, let's see how that plays out and how that goes. Edge and Damian Priest. Good match of, uh, uh, of you know, uh, two big guys, right? 
Um, that was the main event for the night, Edge and Damian Priest. Damian Priest, who, who continues to amaze me and continues to grow and evolve in his character. Um, you know, as a heel, he's a fantastic talker. He's got some bass in his voice. He's not a high flyer, although Edge him with a Canadian Destroyer, which, okay, they're in Canada. He's, in, he's Canadian, so, yeah, I guess I could understand that. Um, but then you have, you know, Edge ended up winning with a spear, but then the Judgment Day hit the ring and beat him down. However, his wife Beth Phoenix came out and, and held off the heels with a chair, and that was Monday Night Raw. So we'll see if it's going to end up being Edge with and Beth against, uh, you know, uh, Priest and Rhea. So we'll see how that goes, right? Um, moving over to SmackDown on Friday from Fox. Um, you know, start out Ricochet and, and Happy Corbin. Um, you know, Ricochet won. And, you know, Ricochet's one of those guys. He's a fantastic high flyer. He, he kind of reminds me of a younger Rey Mysterio, right? Um, you know, he can go with it. And, and, and Corbin, no matter how much I... <coughs> excuse me. And no matter how, how much I, I say that I don't like the character, he is a fantastic athlete. The fact that he can take a lot of these moves, right? Um, so... I, I really want to see if they're going to put any uh, anything on this storyline between Ricochet and Abby Corbin. Um, Karrion Cross and Scarlett are back, as we know. They had a just a brief interview segment with uh, by themselves, kind of a vignette, warning Drew McIntyre the time is running out for him. So they're kind of already starting. You know, is Drew McIntyre going to? Walk out of Clash of the Castle with a title on Sunday or Saturday. I don't know. Is it going to be theory? Cashing in the money in the bank. Either way, um, it's, you know, Karrion Cross has already set his eyes on, on Drew McIntyre. So that's going to be a hell of a feud. Cross is a big guy. He's, uh, you know, he's got that, you know, great size. He's not one of these kindergarten kids who, who plays wrestler. Um, and, and Scarlett's just absolutely gorgeous. Right, and uh, she's definitely going to help with the mind games on the outside. Although, even though you you have Karrion going after Drew, you know it's kind of leading all 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 roads leading to Drew beating Roman on on, on Saturday. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing Karrion Cross and, and Roman Reigns, and then you have the pro mobility of Paul Heyman when he returns from his hiatus after going through a table at SummerSlam. Um, you know, and then you got Paul Heyman and Scarlett in the outside of the corners of the respective guys. Oh, that could be very, very interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so then there was that last chance fatal four-way tag team match. Uh, Natalia and Sonya Deville, uh, Dana Brooke, Tamina, Shotzi, and Zaylee, and Nikki, A.S.H., and Dewdrop. Um, it was because last week on SmackDown, Toxic Attraction, J.C. Jane, and uh, Gigi Allen from NXT. They competed on SmackDown in a first-round match for the vacant tag team women's tag team championship. And the only reason why that happened was because um, Zoe Stark and um, Nikki. Oh hell, um, Nikki. No, not Nikki. Uh, oh hell. Now I'm going to have to look at Nik Nikita. There we go. <laughs> Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons could not compete last week on SmackDown in Canada. Rumor has it because it could have been from uh, Nikita Lyons' vaccine vaccination status because she's not, not vaccinated. But 
apparently it's not, so we'll see. But, you know, either way, they didn't get called up from NXT. Toxic Attraction did. And then Gigi Allen got hurt in the match, so that's why we're having this Foyle four-way tag match. It's a second chance, last chance. Um, and Natalia and Sonya Deville won, so they went on to face... Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah later on that night for the semifinal semifinal match to go to the championship of Clash. Uh, I'm sorry, tonight on Monday Night Raw. Um, and then you had Sheamus and Gunther uh, meet eye to eye because they're going to have the Intercontinental Championship match at uh, Clash the Castle. I, I think that's going to be a fantastic match. Uh, Gunther, Walter, Walter is a fantastic uh, athlete. You know, great in NXT UK, great in NXT. Now up on SmackDown as Gunther. Sheamus has been a veteran, you know, all-out brawler since the time he came up. So I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to that match, absolutely. Then you had Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah defeats Natalya and Sonya Deville. Um, so they move on to tonight on Raw to face Io um, Sky and um, Dakota Kai. Um, and again, there are rumors that Sasha and Naomi will come back. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But either way, you know, I don't think they should be put right into the tag team championship picture. But that's my fault. That's my problem. That's my thought. Um, they did, you know, walk out unprofessionally before a show through the, you know, so th through their title belts on the floor or on the table or whatever. And I'm sorry, but you're, and it's not the first time that Sasha's done it, but. You know, whatever. Uh, New Day, they uh, they tricked the Viking Raiders, and um, Xavier Woods uh, stole a play out of uh, Kevin Nash's uh, repertoire. Uh, came down in a uh, wheelchair with a blanket on, and uh, then at the most opportune time, got out of the wheelchair and had two kendo sticks, and they started beating down the Viking Raiders. Obviously, Biggie's still on the shelf because of the neck injury. Uh, but this was a good uh, showing by the New Day. Uh, Viking Raiders are big and tough. So will will we see uh, Sarah Logan back? Um, like I said last week, it's just because the top of her head was, or top of a female head, was shown last week during their during the Viking Raiders uh, Viking funeral for the New Day. Uh, so we'll see how that goes, and where that goes to. And then last but not least, in the main event. Gearing up for Clash of the Castle, Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn um, and Roman Reigns attacked after the match. Sami is becoming that honorary oose part of the bloodline, you know, and taking the uh, big moves from Drew McIntyre. I think he's got a couple of Claymore kicks, got a couple of spears, um, you know, and, and overall just one of those lackeys. They, they go from they go from Paul Heyman, who is fantastic on the mic. To Sami Zayn, who's also fantastic on the mic. I, you know, why can't... I mean, Roman's not the greatest on the mic, but he could carry a promo. Um, especially now, especially after the past two years. Um, this coming Friday on SmackDown, on the 2nd, which actually has already been pre-taped, pre it is the 200... Oh, I'm sorry, the two-year anniversary of Roman, Reign, Roman Reigns winning the Universal title. Everybody's up in arms saying, oh, The Fiend is going to be there, or The Fiend's going to be in Cardiff, and... I don't know. I can't guarantee. I don't know. I, I haven't heard any rumors or innuendo about uh, um, about the fiend coming back. Bray Wyatt he may not want to come back. 
even though it's Triple H in charge, you know what I mean? So, we don't know. You know, I, I wouldn't pay too much into it. I mean, I know there have been little Easter eggs and segments where you're gonna, you see a hand poking out, you see somebody in the background walking. It could be The Fiend. It could be. They just haven't brought anything to it. You know what I mean? They haven't brought, brought it up to the audience yet. Um, and then Clash at the Castle this coming week is going to be fantastic. Um, let me go down the full card. It's going to be, uh, let's see, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And it starts, yeah, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 10 p.m. Pacific. Um, 10, I'm sorry, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Peacock and in the U.S. and WD Network everywhere else in the world. Um, so the card right now, as follows, we've got uh, Drew McIntyre against Roman Reigns uh, for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. SmackDown Women's Champion defending uh, Liv Morgan defending against Shayna Baszler. Uh, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka against Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Yo Sky. Uh, Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Intercontinental Champion Gunther defends against Sheamus. And um, that's about it. That's all there is right now. There may be one or two more added that on the preview show. Uh, you know, the, the um, yeah, the preview show or um, pregame, whatever. Uh, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if the United States Championship gets defended there. Bobby Lashley's left off the card. Um, Kevin Owens is not on the card. You're um, going to see Sami Zayn anyways in that uh, you know match, but they still have another week. Tonight is their go home Raw. Next week is their go home SmackDown. Although SmackDown is already recorded because they're going to be in you know in Cardiff obviously early. Um, but we'll see what happens tonight. Will we see Sasha and Naomi come back to challenge the winner of? Uh, you know, uh, um, Dakota Kai, Neo Sky, and Raquel, and uh, Aaliyah. Which, if it's if that's what's going to be, they're going to bring Naomi and, and Sasha in as baby faces. So it'll be Dakota Kai, Neo Sky winning tonight, um, and then you know possibly entering into a few with Sasha, Naomi. I don't know. Um, I don't know this stuff. I don't know for sure if that's what's going to happen. Um, but that's pretty much it. One thing before we go before we go today, there's one thing that I do want to bring up. Raj Geary, who works for, um, oh, he works for one of the dirt sheets, works for one of the, uh, you know, internet wrestling shows. He quote tweeted somebody. Okay, um, let me see if I can get the original. Uh, the original tweet was, oh, he keeps going through. Okay, so this is where it all began, right? So this this Twitter thing, this Twitter uh, uh, account called Wrestling Banana at Wrestle Banana, right? He posted something a couple weeks ago or earlier this week, I should say. It was on um, the twenty seventh, which was well, hell, last no, it was on Saturday. And it said Will Osprey, right? Who's a New Japan wrestler, has had. More five-star matches, four of them, in one month than CM Punk, John Cena, and Kurt Angle have combined their entire career, which is three. They actually have one, right? Um, Kevin Nash, who is a smart-ass, but also very knowledgeable in the wrestling business, he, he, re, he re, re, uh, replied and said, how's his merchandise sales? Of course, you know, Osprey, right? Because Cena 
Punk and Angle have all sold a lot more merchandise than Israel Osprey, right? That's where you, how you judge wrestling. So, Will Osprey uh, quote quote retweeted Nash's reply and said, "Did you tear your quads writing this tweet?" Because obviously Nash has torn his quad numerous times. In which somebody, uh, Alejandro Casanas. Um, replied to that retweet, quote retweet, and said, "Hey, at the Rajgiri, that this was savage." Um, and then Raj retweeted, "Was it quad jokes to Nash after all these years? Kind of weak because it's true." And then uh, Alejandro um, Alejandro responded and said, "But to Raj logic, Hulk Hogan was the best wrestler in the world when he drew." When he draw more or now Roman Reigns, um, when he draw more or now Roman Reigns, or when WCW drew more than WWF, Hulk Hogan was better than Bret Hart or HBK. Again, another quote retweet from Raj Geary. He said, "Yep, he was. Hogan was better because of based upon merchandise sales, based upon you know um, charisma, character, promo ability, everything." And I'm I'm agreeing, right? And Raj retweeted that and said, yep, he was. And then this guy, Alejandro, responded and said, nope, uh, pre-NWO Hogan. And even NWO Hogan had matches that were clunky, fun, but clunky, most of them. And nope, Hogan was not better than Brett or HPK, never was. I'm going to put my two cents in before I give the uh, response and what I'm definitely going to, what I'm definitely going for. I have never liked Brett Hart. Brett Hart, in my opinion, is a whiner, a crybaby, um, a weak. You know, he's not, he wanted to be treated like Hogan, but he was not Hogan, right? He was not Hogan. He never could be Hogan. He was never, ever, ever as good as Hogan was, right? And that's basically what it is. Um, and then Raj retweeted this and quoted it and said, exactly my feelings, right? The business does not revolve around match quality. It never has, and it still doesn't. It's stars, characters, and charisma, and it stars, characters, and charisma, and stories that make it. If you think Dean Malenko was a better wrestler than Steve Austin, good for you, but it's also ridiculous. And that is where I'm stopping because I saw Hulk Hogan twinning, uh, trending, and I went down this whole rabbit hole, right? Um, so I do have to say it's it's the the truth, right? It, it is the truth. Um, and I do think that um, it's it's we've gotten to the point now where so many fans look at the work rate. The Bucks, Omega, yeah, they're great. They're great athletes, but their wrestling sucks. Yeah, they could do the moves, but where's the storytelling? Where's the psychology? They have none in any of their matches. That's the majority of AEW. If it wasn't for Punk, if it wasn't for Jericho, if it wasn't for even Daniel Bryan, you know, there would be no storytelling. There would be no psychology in the matches. Because the majority of AEW guys have no... Um, Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, is awesome. He does know how to tell a story because he's been around the world. He's been in WWE. But these other small guys, these other guys that have never been in WWE, that don't like... I mean, hell... Rusev, Miro, he knows how to tell a story. But, you know, that's why Cody Rhodes went back, because he got tired of the fact that it's all about work rate, it's all about this. Why do you think Jeff Hardy, 
you know, is so loved over there because he doesn't, you know, and I'm not saying Jeff Hardy doesn't know psychology because he clearly does, but he's able to put, he's, he's willing to put his body on the line for no reason, right? Uh, anywho, all right, I think I'm done for the day. I think I've exhausted the fact. I think I'm going to be trending for some of my hot takes, right? Uh, but either way, thank you, uh, you know, for Corny. I want to thank all the, uh, all the, tw you know, soap opera and wrestling Twitter pages that I follow. JLG Media, uh, James Law Jr., um, you know, The 10th Floor, uh, Pier 54, Ring the Bell Radio, as well as the iFree shows, and Cornet. Um, but lift, go ahead and listen to podcasts, because they are usually knowledgeable about everything, especially when they're formerly in the business, right? And, and again, for the General Hospital, we're just, we're all fans, and I definitely want to get some of you guys onto the show. But for Vinny Apsella, I am Vinny Apsella. Thank you for listening to Suds in the Squared Circle. Again, available on everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And just to uh, let you know, again, to reiterate, to uh, follow on Twitter. You can follow Suds in the Squared Circle on Twitter at Suds SQ Circle Pod. Follow me on Twitter at the Apicella SWE. Uh, follow on TikTok at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Email sportswireaudio@gmail.com. Tell tell us whatever you're thinking on your mind, and you might make it down to the show. And buy our merch. Suds Square Circle at uh, Suds Square Circle dot threadless dot com. All right, uh, I'm out of here. I'll see you next week, next Monday again. My name is Vinny Apsella. We'll see you next week on Suds and the Square Circle.